0: What thing do you love the most? I mean, just absolutely, it's the closest thing to your heart. Can you give it up? What if God asked you to give up the greatest thing that you have in your life? Stay with us tonight as we examine these things. Wednesday night Bible study on behalf of our senior pastor, the Reverend Paul G. Kiggins in the master's house. We're so excited that you decided to tune in with us tonight. We're looking forward to kicking off a brand new Bible series tonight, and we welcome our special guest, our youth director, Corey, Mm -hmm. and his wife, Lena. It's so (laughs) glad to have you guys here with us. We're uh, looking for a great time here tonight in this Bible study. But before we get started, we want to go before the Lord in prayer, asking God's blessing over this series, over this study tonight and that God could minister and would minister into your life. If you have a special prayer request, please send those to prayer at mastershouse.org, and we'll certainly lift up your needs before the Lord. So we're going to ask Lena, if she would, to take us before the Lord on behalf of the special requests that are coming in, and also that God's blessing would be upon this series.
1: Lord Jesus, thank you so much for bringing us together this night, Lord God. As we study your word, Jesus, we ask that you please till the soil in our hearts, Lord, so that these lessons and these words will really hit home with us, Lord God. And we, we take home a lesson tonight that, that we haven't understood before, Lord Jesus. Uh, we ask all this tonight in your precious name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. So this next series, uh, we're actually going to be examining the compound names of God, of Jehovah, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha, and, and the like. And we're going to be looking at the origin of where that term came from, the characters that are involved, the background story and everything. And our goal and purpose in this study is to show that Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of all of those things and the revelation of all those names. That Jesus fulfills that. And tonight, we're actually going to be looking at Jehovah-Jireh, which is the Lord will provide. So I want to kind of introduce, take a moment, let's introduce the characters that are going to be involved in this. Of course, there's God, Hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Elohim, Mm -hmm. Jehovah, right? Creator of all things. Uh, We know that God can be known, and He is known by how He reveals Himself to mankind. And basically, that's part of the reason why we're doing this study, And so that we can have a greater understanding of who god is and so you know this is going to be a great study
1: right another character another uh figure that we will listen or hear about is abraham of course uh known as the father of the faithful
0: so we're also going to be talking about isaac which uh, is abraham's son Mm -hmm. and he is the promisee to abraham Mm -hmm. and to his wife sarah uh, it was roughly 25 years that takes place from the, sp- the span of time, from the promise to the fulfillment. Uh, basically, Abraham is, I mean, think about this, 100 years old when mm-hmm. Isaac is born. I think uh, Sarah is roughly 90 to 91 years old when uh, Isaac is born. And then we have Jesus.
2: Um fairly well-known, pivotal figure in the Bible. Um, he is God, manifest in the flesh. Uh, he walked the earth, teaching and living as an example for all. And he was sacrificed to save you and you and me from eternal
0: damnation. So some background, points of interest. Uh, this takes place at Mount Moriah. And this is a, an important place in the Bible. This is, of course, the place where David uh, purchased the threshing floor of Aruna. I probably didn't say that name right but uh he s- did this and offered a sacrifice in order to stop the angel from destroying Jerusalem. This is the exact site where Solomon built the temple. Um and this is you know, the city of Jerusalem was built in this area. And, it, and if you think about it, if you look on a map, uh, you have, the, you know, Solomon's temples here, you have the brook Kidron here, and over here you would have the Mount of Olives and probably the Garden of Gethsemane is here. And then right over here outside the gate is where they believe where Jesus was actually crucified. So all of this is taking place in this general area that we're going to be speaking about tonight. So it has some significance uh, in. You know, in the Bible and significance to the Lord, there's also been some question uh, back and forth like, how old was Isaac when this took place? And you know, some people say, well, he was 37 years old. If you go to, I think it's the first verse or something like that in the 23rd chapter of Genesis, it says that uh, Sarah was 127 years old and she passed away. And so, if she being roughly 90 91 years old, so therefore. Isaac was roughly 37 years old. Others say, no, he was like a kid. He was like 10, 12, 13 years old. So uh, follow me, if you will. Genesis 17, 25 uh, says, Ishmael, his son, was 13 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. So background about Sarah, was, was barren, wasn't able to have a child, and offered her servant, Hagar, to Abraham in order for her to bear a son. For Abraham, don't have time really to get into all that. The child that was born was Ishmael. So he's 13 years old. When he becomes circumcised, God speaks to Abraham that year and says, this time next year, you and Sarah are going to have a son. So a year goes by. Isaac is born. That makes makes Ishmael 14 years old. Genesis, you want to jump to Genesis 28 excuse me, 21, verse 8. And the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. So now we're talking about Isaac was weaned. Now a child, reference here being Isaac, a child was weaned between the second and third year that they were old. So Ishmael being 14, two or three years. Now Ishmael is, and you say, why are you talking about Ishmael? It's about Isaac. I'm going to get to it. Is roughly 16 to 17 years old. So, At this great celebration, Sarah witnesses Ishmael making fun of Isaac and everything that's taking on. And so Sarah requests that uh, Hagar and Ishmael be removed from the camp and not be a joint heir with the promised seed of Isaac. In Genesis 21, verse 12, it says, And God said unto Abraham, Let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad, emphasis on that word lad, And because of thy bondwoman, and all that Sarah has said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy seed be called. Notice here, emphasize the word lad in reference to Ishmael. If we were to read verse 5, which we're going to read here probably in just a minute, Mm -hmm. Abraham refers to Isaac by that same term, lad. So, All things considered, a lad is not somebody who is fully grown yet, would be roughly 16 to 20 years old. Therefore, I conclude Isaac, during the time of what we're going to be speaking about, would be anywhere between 16 and 20 years old in the things that we're going to be talking about. So let's get into this. Now that I took us on this long (laughs) way tangent just to say that as a lad, he might be 16 to 20 years old. I could have just saw he said that. Uh, But anyway, Genesis 22 Verse 1, And it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him, Abraham, and he said, Behold, here I am. Incidentally, isn't that the way that we should all respond to the Lord, whenever the Lord calls us by Mm -hmm. name? Here I am. I'm present. I'm paying attention. I'm here. Verse 2, And he said, Take now thy son, thy only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Let that sink in for a minute. Take your only son, who you love, and offer him as a burnt offering to me. Corey, what do you think was going through his mind? It's, it's hard to imagine,
2: right? Um, and if, if if I put myself in his shoes, right, my first thought would have been, there's there's just no way I heard that right, right? I I would immediately be doubting, but I don't think that that was Abraham's first thought because he was immediately obedient. He immediately began to take action because we see that in verse three, and Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac, his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him. So, we know he wasn't doubting the Lord or wondering if he heard him correctly, but there had to have been a mix of emotions there. Um, perhaps it was hope, right? Okay. This is, this is a test, right? Maybe, maybe if I, if I just start going, Lord will be like, okay, good job. You come on back. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you did. I just had to make sure you were going to get out of bed, yeah. you know, maybe, okay. Maybe, maybe if I get the wood, no. All right. Maybe, maybe if we just head out the gate, right. Maybe, maybe if we just get on the road, um, But at the same time, you know, this is someone. Abraham had a relationship with the Lord. He knew the Lord to be serious. And so you had to think he was also stealing himself and he was building that resolve within him um, for the case that, no, this is something that the Lord was asking of him. And this is something that he would actually have to do to take the life of his son. And um, my other thought is, how do you look at Isaac during this time? Right, uh every time he looked at him, you know, is he just like flooded with memories, um, or maybe is he you know running through scenarios? like how do I actually do this? What does this look like? Um, what happens if he Isaac tries to flee? What if Isaac asks questions? Um, and I, I can't even imagine then trying to make conversation with Isaac during this time
1: no absolutely not (laughs) and you know we know that it was a long trip so they definitely had time to talk right so in Genesis 22 verses 4 through 6 we read then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off and Abraham said unto his young men abide ye here with the ass and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you and Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife and they both and they went both of them together. So clearly, Abraham had spent some time <laughs> thinking this through.
2: We can see there, Abraham, right? He had he had determined, OK, I, I need to isolate myself. Uh, and Isaac from the, uh, the, the other individual that they had brought with him. Uh, they need to get everything ready for the offering um, and he needs to do it without necessarily, you know, alerting or startling Isaac. Um, and again, you have to think that he's, he's part stealing himself and, and maybe he's part just hoping that the Lord is going to come in, he, you know, he's going to step in at any moment. But as he gets closer and closer, he must, he had to have been genuinely sick I can't think of any other physical response to this. Um, and as much as he thought about all of this, I also have to believe that he spent a lot of that time in prayer because that's that's certainly what I would have been doing.
0: I, I mean, absolutely. I think we'd all be praying and asking God for strength so that we could be obedient to yep. what God has, has asked us to do. But also, you know, praying that Isaac would be obedient yep. and follow along. So. As we mentioned, if Isaac is roughly 16 to 20 years old, then that makes Abraham like 116 or 120 years old. Now, granted, physically, they were different back then than they are are now. But if as Isaac does not want to be sacrificed, mm-hmm. there's the potential there for him to be able to overpower Abraham. But if he's not able to overpower Abraham, there is the huge potential for him to outrun yeah abraham for sure right mm-hmm. so there's also something that we should keep in mind that's that's it's a different culture it's it's a different time children had way more respect for their fathers and their parents than what we could possibly even grasp uh, nowadays and no doubt abraham and, and sarah had taught isaac about the lord and the things of the lord and he obviously knew what was required for the sacrifice, mm-hmm. because he, he asked the question. And it's just, it's just an interesting dynamic to consider that. But, you know, that's not at all what happens. He doesn't resist. Matter of fact, he's actually a, a willing participant in this. And we, we go to the seventh verse. It says, And Isaac spake unto Abraham his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. And they came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now, we've asked and wondered about what was going through Abraham's mind. What do you think was going through Isaac's mind?
1: No, I I simply can't even begin to imagine what Isaac was thinking, (laughs) right? right? Um, But just as you said, um, Sarah and Abraham were were God-fearing people, to say the least, right? So Mm -hmm. no doubt they taught their son the ways of the Lord, what would be expected of him potentially. I mean, maybe, but my thought is if, if... they were such God-fearing people, no doubt that he, Isaac learned of their faithfulness. And so, although he put two and two together once he saw that there was no lamb, he also did not flee. He did not resist. Um, and so, uh, that—that's sort of my theory, I suppose, is that because he was raised by such faithful people, um, that when it came down to it, not only was Isaac perhaps not surprised by what he was seeing, but also he was perhaps even willing to sacrifice himself if it came down to it. Um, so in Genesis 22, verses 10 through 14, and Abraham, Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. And the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. And Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and behold behind him a ram caught in the thicket by his horns. Then Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day in the Mount of the Lord, it shall be seen. So this place was named after the revelation of God as the provider of the sacrifice, uh, the God who will see to it, right? So this is the first in a series of places that are named after the revelation of God's character.
2: And I, I, I don't think Abraham or Isaac will uh, will soon forget what, what, what took place here.
0: I know, right? I mean, but now you have this... A physical name on this memorial place mm-hmm. so that others when they pass by can know and would be able to seek the Lord and to understand you know what this meant so at this point the angel of the Lord calls out to Abraham and reiterates God's blessing to him we'll go to Genesis 22 verse 15 and the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time and said behold said By myself, I said, behold, (laughs) it said, uh, by myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thy only son, that in blessing I will bless thee and multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore and thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemies and thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice.
2: So Abraham was rewarded for his faith. Um, And it was so great in this instance that it was uh, actually recorded in Hebrews 11, which is often referred to as the chapter of faith. Uh, But it's not necessarily the act of faith that you may think that it was. Uh, So Hebrews 11, 17 through 19 says... By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure.
1: So the promise that this is referring to is found in Genesis seventeen, four and 19. As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with his seed after him. So after this covenant was made with Isaac and all of Abraham's descendants that followed, meaning that if Abram sacrificed Isaac, it would be impossible for God to keep his covenant.
2: And that's where Abraham's faith, it it really reaches an extraordinary height here because he continued to believe in God's promises, even when he was told to sacrifice his son, on whom those promises were hinged. So uh, if it were me, I would have looked at this and thought, okay... So the Lord's going to have to, like, okay, well, this this can't work, right? I found a loophole because you made this promise, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, you know, so so what's what's going on here? Um, there's, there's a covenant, so this can't happen. But in fact, what Hebrews is saying is that uh, Abraham so believed that the Lord would both honor his covenant— but that the Lord was asking him to do this. And he meant what he said, that he believed that if he had to kill Isaac, that he would raise, that the Lord would raise him from the dead. Um, and just so that that promise could be
0: kept. Mm-hmm. And I think it was uh, not too long ago, Brother Garrett, and Brother Howell did a Bible study on First Corinthians 15, uh, which was co- to confirm Paul was trying to confirm to the Corinthians that Jesus actually was resurrected. So here you had the disciples alive as well. I think I think he mentions over five hundred others who witnessed uh, Jesus being raised from the dead, testifying to the fact that Jesus was being resurrected from the dead. Because they they obviously still needed some clarification. But in Abraham's time, as far as we're aware of it, there is no record of anybody ever being resurrected. Uh, from the dead at that time and so they didn't he didn't have this faithful witness if you will uh, whispering to his ear into his heart and mind saying hey God can raise him up from the dead and so this is just speaks to the powerfulness of his faith in understanding and believing and trusting in God God's going to keep his promises and that's powerful and so he like you said just believed that if if necessary Isaac would be resurrected from the dead and, and, you know, we
2: spent some time here sort of speculating on what was going through Abraham's mind. And, and of course, again, we can only imagine, but it would seem that this is at least part of the answer that if, if the Lord has to, he will raise him from the dead to maintain that promise, that, that covenant.
1: Right. And at least some, what, 2000 years later, um, in answer to Isaac's question to Abraham, behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb? John the Baptist seeing Jesus called him the Lamb of God. In John one, twenty nine, the next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him, and saith, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. So back in Genesis twenty two, eight, God would provide himself a sacrifice, um, a lamb for the sacrifice. Corey, you introduced Jesus, um, and as we know, as God manifest in the flesh.
2: Right, and in the Old Testament, um, only a pure unspotted lamb could be used as a sacrifice. Uh, It had to be without deformity or or defect, and it had to be the firstborn of its mother. And then uh, beginning with Abel's offering in Genesis 4. Uh, to the law which was given to Moses. The sacrifice in order to be accepted had to be given from an obedient heart. So the lamb was uh, then sacrificed at Passover uh, as an offering for
1: sin. The scripture says in Hebrews 5 8, though he were a son yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered.
2: Correct. And uh, he was also born of a virgin and was without sin. Mm -hmm. In Hebrews 4.15, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin.
0: So Jesus is the Lamb that God provided for a sacrifice for sin in Hebrews the 10th chapter and the 10th to 12th verse by the which we are all sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all and every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins but this man after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever sat down at the right hand of God so Abraham's answer to Isaac's question now takes an even more profound meaning of an answer when it says God will provide himself a lamb. The fullness of God dwelt in Jesus Christ bodily. He was fully man and fully God, and he was willing to lay down his life. It says in John the 10th chapter Verse 18, no man taketh from me, no man taketh my life from me, Mm -hmm. but I lay it down of myself. I give my life. I willingly lay it down. I have the power to lay it down, and I have the power to take it up again, this commandment I have received of my Father. So, Jesus, as our substitute to be the sacrifice and to pay the price for our sins. Not just our sins, not just the Israelite sins, but for the sins of the whole world. For the wages of sin was death, and he was going to meet that wage on our behalf. In John, the third chapter in the 16th verse, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever should believeth on him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So we have to look to the cross where Jesus became that provider of our redemption. And he provided to us life for death. He provided to us strength for weakness. He provided to us a way where there was no way. He provided for us heaven instead Mm -hmm. of hell. Peter, stating in 1 Peter, the first chapter in the 19th verse, said, But with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, for me, for us, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. It was the blood of the Lamb who was God. This precious blood had the power, and that perfect animal sacrifice did not possess that power. It was only in the blood of Jesus. Hebrews 9. Verse 12 through 15, it says, Neither the blood of bulls and goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered into once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctify to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, that which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Only by the blood of Jesus can there be remission of sins provided and peace from all guilty consciences. Are you thankful? Yes, amen. For this. Are you thankful for the sacrifice that Jesus made tonight? Jesus... Our provider, the one who saw to it to make a way where there was no way. Tonight, in this very moment, you can experience that which Isaac did when the angel stopped Abraham's hand. Because Jesus Christ is your substitute. He loves you tonight. All we have to do is say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. All we have to do is repent and change from our ways and invite the Lord Jesus into our lives. And we can experience that tonight at this moment if you want and we will receive the revelation that jesus christ is jehovah jireh praise your name jesus thank you so much for tuning into this bible study i got a little (laughs) little excited maybe a little preachy there (laughs) but you know i'm thankful that god would send his son jesus to be my substitute and make a way for me and he wants to make a way for you tonight God bless you. Thank you so much. On behalf of our senior pastor, the Reverend Paul G. Kiggins and the Master's House, hopefully something that was said tonight, minister to your heart. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer. We're going to ask God to make himself known to you as the provider that he will see to it in your life that, that he provides for you and makes a way for you. Send us those prayer requests at, prayer at mastershouse.org and we'll certainly lift up those needs before the Lord tonight. Jehovah Jireh, Jesus, his name is above every other name and it is the culmination of all the compound names that we're going to be studying in this next series. It's going to minister to your heart. Check back in with us next Wednesday night. It's going to be great. Corey, would you take us before the Lord in prayer asking God to bless these things, bless this series, to speak into the lives of those whom you have a special need tonight, to know and receive that revelation that God, Jesus is
2: their provider. Dear Lord Jesus, Lord, we just thank you, Master, Lord, for this, Lord, this special time, O oh Lord, that you've set aside, Lord, that we might, Lord, delve into your greatness and your wonder, O oh Lord, Lord, that we might open up your Word, O oh Lord, that we might, Lord, that we might just bask in your splendor, O oh Lord, and your greatness, dear Jesus. Lord, we pray that all those that watch this, Lord, that hear this, Lord, that they would be touched, O oh Lord, Lord, that they would, Lord, that they would receive the truth, O oh Lord, of your love, O oh Lord, Lord, that they would. Know, O oh Lord, that Lord that you are there to provide for them. Lord, that you are there to provide, O oh Lord, as a Savior. Lord, Lord, that you are there to provide, O oh Lord as one who cares, Lord, as one who heals, O Lord, as one who loves, O Lord, as one who comforts, Lord, Lord, and to, O Lord, that that name of Jesus, O Lord, is there to provide, O Lord, and we just thank you, Master, for all that you are and all that you've done and all that you will do, O Lord, we just thank you, O Lord, for for the great and mighty revelation of your wonderful name, dear Jesus. We pray, O Lord, that you would move in all of these prayer requests, O Lord, and that you would just touch the lives of all of your children this night. Pray, O Lord, a special blessing, oh Lord, for our pastor, Lord, and his family, oh Lord. Pray, Lord, that you would gather your children together this night, oh Lord, and that you would be with them, oh Lord. We just pray, Lord, that your perfect will would be done this day, oh Lord. Your most precious, holy, wonderful, and powerful name of Jesus, we pray all of these things, seeking your most perfect
0: will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you. Good night.